TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Yes, indeed. Recap and look ahead. That's what we do on the Two Guys in a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. I don't know about the stuff in between, but we'll try to uh, recap a little bit. We'll try to look ahead a little bit. Big sports day yesterday. Some interesting matchups coming up today. We're off. I don't know if we're running, but we're into a light jog here in the Two Guys in a Mic Show. Thanks for joining us. It is the coach flying solo right now. Big Dog is off today. We're expecting uh, one of our young fellows to come in and uh, help out in just a little bit. But right now, coach flying solo, you want to hop in and uh, strap yourself into the co-pilot seat. Remember, your seat cushion can be used as a flotation device. You can do so by calling in at 888-463-6748. As our producer, David Olson, will be the first to tell people, in fact, encourage them. That if you're good as a call-in, uh, you might end out as the host of this show. He's looking for an excuse to get rid of me, folks, especially yesterday after our uh, comment on the, what was it, the joy of syndication CD that the TalkZone.com has uh, produced. For the late Christmas gift, or who knows, maybe someone wants to get the, uh, you know, get a, get a head start on your 2011 holiday shopping gift, the joy of syndication. I like the big dog, by the way. He said it would sell a lot more if it was S-I-N instead of S-Y-N. Well put. Again, thanks for joining us. And uh, interesting games yesterday. We got to talk a little Chicago Bull basketball too. There's been so much football going on that the uh, NBA in particular has escaped us. But our local team, the Chicago Bulls, 14 out of their last 16. They went again last night. I think 111 to 93. Got free McDonald's, free Taco Bell, whatever it is for scoring over the. Uh, 100-point mark, crowd went crazy, apparently, when Brian Scalabrini scored a basket with about a minute left. He's become the fan favorite in Chicago, but uh, five in a row, 14 out of 16. Now, it's been a little bit of a soft part of their schedule, but still pretty impressive for the beloved Bull. And uh, let us remind folks out there that Joakim Noah is injured. Carlos Boozer just came back. They had, what, about a two-week over uh, overlap where the two of them played together. So the Bulls have not been full strength that much during the year. But uh, they win again yesterday. And while we're talking about a team you might have heard of, the Miami Heat. Again, a little NBA talk here. Uh, um, in the midst of a lot of football discussion the last week or so here on the two guys at a mic show with bowl season. And of course, the NFL playoffs coming up. But the Miami Heat, roll. Roll. 19 out of 20. I think Dwayne Wade yesterday... 34 points, LeBron James, 25 points, 9 assists. Chris Bosh finally playing, uh, looking comfortable and playing the part of the third party, the third star in that three-way show that is the Miami Heat. But uh, that's not bad, 19 out of 20. They're not going to break the Bulls record for best record in the uh, ever in the NBA. Or maybe they will. Who knows? Who knows? How many, how many games did the Bulls lose in that record season, Dave? What, they won... 71? 70? 72, I thought it was. So that would be what? 10 losses? 10 losses, yeah. So the Miami Heat basically would have to win the rest of their games. Yeah, yeah. No, they're not going to break the record. That's not going to happen. 
Make sure you cart that up when we talk in three months about the Miami Heat not having lost a game. Instead of 19 out of 20, it'll be 45 of their last 46 games. We go back to the January 5th show when David Olson, the producer, said, no, nah, they're not going to win anymore. They got no chance of beating the Bulls record. But they're wrong. Either way, they may not win 45 out of 46, but the Miami Heat uh, definitely flexing their muscles. So uh interesting in the NBA. Coaching carousel continues. Uh, on the NFL front, Marvin Lewis, Cincinnati Bengals, keeps his job for another year. Love Marvin Lewis. I, you know, the performance hasn't been great, but uh, Starvin Marvin goes for another year. David, you're a big fan of Marvin Lewis? No, I don't understand how he still has a job. Well, how about the fact that he's a, a, a good coach? The results indicate you're right. But I think if you know Marvin Lewis, he is a solid, pure quality guy, character guy. He certainly knows football. So is it possible the team is screwing up and you actually have a good coach? I know that's... Kind of foreign thing. A good coach gets the most out of his team under any circumstance. Yeah. And what the Cincinnati Bengals seem to be year after year after year, particularly in the Marvin Lewis era, are underachievers. Yep. They're underachievers. A lot of trouble this year. They brought in so many volatile personalities. Well, but that, that seems to be the nature of the team, though, yes. is to bring in those volatile personalities and maybe maybe that's a lot of the Marvin Lewis effect that he can keep those guys in check mm-hmm. sometimes he can't sometimes he can't yeah that would have been the strength of Marvin Lewis but uh, who was it who took a kind of a little bit of a shot at him towards the end was that Ocho Cinco Terrell Owens I forget which one I think it was Ocho Cinco I think you're right I think but, you're right uh, yeah but but you know well, it's gonna happen and losing too but he keeps his job and then the guy from the Oakland Raiders Tom Cable gone yeah like so many people during a bad storm or during the holiday season, the cable is out for the Oakland Raiders. He is gone. So it's tough to keep the uh, coaching carousel going. But we'll talk about that NFL football playoffs this weekend. Our Chicago Bears, of course, get a bye. We mentioned the big dog is out today and um, appearing fashionably late, <laughs> like he's some kind of movie star out here. From the University of Missouri, folks, he's been in here three or four times before he's back again. It's Dr. Jack Washer from the University of Missouri. Jack, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. You know who the uh, original Dr. Jack is? No, I do not. You're not familiar with Dr. Jack Ramsey, NBA uh, expert? I have heard of him, but yeah. no. Is he still alive, David? I think he's still with us, right? Dr. Jack, great coach for the Philadelphia 76ers. But uh, look at that. Mizzou, number nine. Even though you lost to the Iowa Hawkeye, who is Mizzou number nine? Chase Daniels? Uh, I think it was uh, Jeremy Macklin. Ah, nice. Mm-hmm. From that way gets back. tough. Yeah. Who's he playing for now? I think the Eagles. Yes, David. Happy to report that Dr. Jack Ramsey <laughs> still is among the living. <laughs> Thank you very at, much. At the ripe old age of 85. Yeah. Yeah. Over the holidays, by the way, you know, we usually do our bit, the obituary of the day. There were a lot of people. Well, I was on my two-week, uh, we call it, Jack, my vacation slash suspension. It was a combination of the two. There's a fine line <laughs> between a vacation and suspension here, but a lot of... Uh, lot of People of notoriety that passed away. We may have to catch up on some obituaries of the day, but not while young Jack's in the house. We don't want to depress <laughs> you in a bit. By the way, Jeremy Macklin, I remember watching him uh, beat Illinois. And I said, that was the first time I saw the kid play. I said, this guy's the real deal. And now he's proven to be pretty good in the NFL. Talk about your Missouri Tigers, your football season, pretty good. Yeah, we had a great season. 10-2 um, and two in the regular season. Uh, bowl game, I... Caught the caught the second half of it. I was very impressed. Uh, 
I think it kind of confirmed that Blaine Gabbert's going to the NFL now. And What year is he? He's a junior, but they're projecting him as a top 10 pick. A strapping so, young man at 6'4", about 225. He looks the part of an NFL quarterback. Yeah, uh, he played great, and then he threw a costly pick that resulted in a touchdown. And mm-hmm. Oh, well, we lost, but I I couldn't be happier. And basketball, I think we're number eight in the country yeah. right now. Yeah, basketball team is rolling. You won the border war. You know, we talk about the uh, players under pressure, and we've mentioned this before, how certain games... If you're going to the NBA or to the NFL to a pro team, I don't know if the players think about it beforehand, but how much money in your own pocket could be riding on a particular game? You bring up Blaine, what is it, Gobert? Gabbert. Gabbert? Gabbert, yeah. Gabbert? Yeah. Gobert, Gabbert, whatever. <laughs> he's, he's sort of a, um, reminds me a little bit of Ben Roethlisberger. Could I make that comparison? Yeah. Yeah, big guy, strong yeah. arm. Yeah, strapping young man. Um all right, a game like, or so he's a borderline NFL pick. Again, he's got the size, he's got the look, but some of the scouts are still questioning. Now, I didn't see the Missouri-Iowa game. I know the Hawkeyes won. You said he played pretty well. Mm-hmm. David Olson, you're our financial expert here. Uh, the difference, let's say Blaine Gobert does decide to come out. The difference in a kid like that having a great game versus a bad game in real dollars what would you say? If he had a great game in the bowl game, mid-first round, late-first round? No, they're projecting him as a number five pick. Wow. That's if he, Now, if he has a bad game... He probably would drop he, to the later half of the first round. So, so, in real dollars, the performance in that one game... I hate to put pressure on young kids, but the reality is that... that What, three, four, five million dollars on that game alone? Yeah, somewhere in there. And, wow. but, but don't forget the workouts in Indianapolis. That has a lot more, that, that has a lot more to do than right. what they're going to do in these bowl games. It can raise it or it can lower it, but nevertheless, that one game it, it can make a lot of. You think, Jack? You're a college kid, and I don't know if your NBA career is very far down the road. But do you, do you think some of these guys at the young age do they think about that before a game? Oh, I'm sure they do, but um, especially with next year with the possibility of a a lockout, you know, it it brings that even more. It brings that into play because I've been. Telling all my friends and family, I'd be like, well, Andrew Luck, probably the best best player in college football, in my opinion, even though he did not win the Heisman Trophy. But and he's everyone's like he's going to go, he's going to be the number one pick. But if there's a lockout, do you get the money? I mean, you're, you're not playing if it's a lockout. I mean, no one's playing. So, I mean, I think people take the bowl game, you know, how they've done, how their health is, you know. Are they ready? Do they really want to go to the NFL? Do they want to risk it because, you know, one injury and they're done, you know? Um, but I definitely think that he's making the right choice. I think he's ready. And I feel whatever team he goes to, hopefully they, he goes to a team where he can go in right away because I feel he's, he's that guy. If you put him in right away, just get him going, you know, he'll be a good quarterback. Yeah. Forgot about the lockout. It's almost like, um, kind of a sobering effect you start looking forward to next season all the college kids coming out you get excited about the 2011 2012 season you forget there could be the lockout now i don't know if you have any inside sources jack up and coming young professional you knew you were coming on the show today you probably spent part of your vacation digging up some stories i don't know if you talked directly to commissioner roger goodell but in your uh esteemed opinion will there be a lockout 
next year in the National Football League. Well, he actually sent out an email to all NFL fans. I did not get one. Roger but, Goodell uh, did. But they, uh, really? they posted on ESPN and, and pretty much talked about how there's a possibility of a lockout, but just went into a, he just, he, all, he, he, this could have been like a three sentence email. He turned it into like two paragraphs mm-hmm. and just pretty much said there could be a lockout. Uh, we will see. Um, we'll, we'll keep you updated. I, I, I like the communication though. Yeah. From the commission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was it like? Argadel 74 at yahoo.com or? <laughs> That's, that's pretty cool. Now, the, the bigger question is, though, a, uh, again, a semi-respected rising young college professional like yourself, why were you not on the uh, preferential communication list? I uh, wasn't either, by the way. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, apparently, I don't have so, that much pull in the NFL, uh, but I'm working on it. Well, you said to the fans. Well, You're I mean, a fan. maybe I'm not a true fan, okay. according to Roger Goodell. All right. Probably too many pictures of Blaine Gebert and Jeremy Mack. You're probably <laughs> on the watch list. Keep an eye on this young man. <laughs> Uh, again, you want to check in, folks, talk some sports here. It's uh, Young Jack Washer from the University of Missouri, the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. We'll get to that bowl game from yesterday, the one that I turned off and couldn't stay awake for and actually was disinterested in. Turned out to be a pretty darn good second half. Our phone number here, 888-463-6748-888-463-6748. Real quick, before we break down Arkansas, Ohio State, uh, the collegiate life, you're in what, freshman year? Yeah, freshman year. Halfway through almost? Halfway through. Your uh, collegiate first year, any thoughts, any memories, and keep it clean, we are a family sports show. No, I th- it was a great first semester. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pledge the fraternity, and now I'm in the fraternity, and can't wait to go back and get accepted, a week and a half. Huh? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought you would have put me down as a reference. I was waiting, you know. I, I was very proud of Jack going off to school. Did three or four shows here, waiting for a you know a reference from one of your teachers, professors. But no, I'm mm-hmm. like dirt once you're gone. Well, actually, I did. I referenced you for. Uh, I actually, really? I, I got a job now at a KOMU uh, <laughs> TV station. Uh, it's an NBC affiliate at Mizzou. Uh-huh. So wow, I'll be working there next semester. Nice. So nice. Oh, maybe that was the guy I hung up on. <laughs> oh, like Jack? Who? Never heard of the guy. <laughs> Excellent. Is that like an internship or actually a paid position? Because if it's paid, I might try to take your place. Uh, part of it's unpaid. Part of it is paid. What's the part that's paid? Uh, I mean, well, the part that is paid is kind of like when you put stuff up, put stories up on the internet, you know, uh, cool. do all these little things, and then uh, all the unpaid stuff's kind of like stuff you would want to do, but mm-hmm. they're kind of training you to do that for actually when you do work there. All right. Like, as like, well, thing at Mizzou is when you become a, when you go to the journalism school, you have to work at the TV station, and they, you're, you're already trained, assumably, or they train you, mm-hmm. and then you go right into it because, like, the students pretty much run the TV station with the exception of a couple people. Yeah. So, you know, they're just kind of preparing you freshman and sophomore year for your your upperclassman year. So. Great experience. You can sit in a classroom all you want, but the way you learn Hands by on. doing stuff like this and by – was it TV station or radio station? TV station. Very cool. Very cool. How are the, uh, the TV personalities treating you? Are they – Giving you the time of day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. 
Very, very nice. I got to get in there. Now, how about beyond the, the journalism stuff, like the regular classes, the nitty gritty? Do you got to take like first year? It's been a while since I've been in college here and I got a son coming up. So you can help educate me over the airwaves here, but uh, you got to take all your basic classes, get those out of the way. So compared to high school, a lot harder? No, it's about the same, if not easier. All right. It's a nice compliment to your high school. Yeah. Where'd you go again? I went to New Trier. Ah. <laughs> it's got a good reputation anyway. Not sure if it lives up to the reputation, but it's got a great reputation. So you, what do you got? A little math? You got a little foreign language? Yeah, kind of, you know, just what you, th- what you think you would take in high school, you take your first couple of years in college, and then you start to get more, more focused towards your major. Got any actual professors, or you got all graduate assistants teaching young kids that are basically about one step ahead of you? I got a couple... A couple graduate assistants and mm-hmm. a couple professors, yeah. But, you know, I, I overall like my first semester, like my professors, like my teachers. Yeah, cool. We're trying to dig up some dirt here in the University of Missouri, and all is good with Jack Washer. That's, I, I remember I was so disappointed. I, I, when I went to college a long time ago, but I thought, you know, finally, chance to take some really cool classes, different classes, and then you get you all your restrictions. You, it's basically like you said, taking high school first year all over again, except the only difference is you're paying about $38,000 a year. <laughs> yep. Oh, I still struggle with math. I always thought circumference was one of the nights at uh, King Arthur's Round Table. <laughs> that was one of my first mistakes. 888-463-6748. We got any University of Missouri grads that listen to the show? Did you spread the word, Jack? Yes, I did. Beautiful. Anybody from University of Missouri, anybody from Nutria, anybody that has any dirt on Jack at all? We love to dig it up and put it on the show. 888-463-6748. You can always email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. M-I-C in the number two. Mike2Guys, AOL.com. Uh, I did not watch the conclusion of the bowl game yesterday. Hopefully you did. I did. It was a very exciting bowl game. Um, watched the first half, then got sidetracked with something, missed the third quarter. Nothing really happened. The fourth quarter was really interesting. Um, Arkansas came back, you know, got a couple touchdowns, um, narrowed it to five points, and then about a minute to go, Ohio State went back to punt. Arkansas blocked the punt, and about two plays later, Ohio State made an interception about the 10-yard line. And I personally thought, as soon as the punt block happened, that it was over. Arkansas was going to come down, score, and it was going to be another dreadful loss for the Big Ten, but... Ohio State defense proved me wrong, and thank God, thank God they won because then that could have started a. Uh, in, uh, I don't know what the word is, but it would not but would not have been good for that team and that or, or not organization, but that that university would not have been good for the uh, Big Ten either after losing five straight games on New Year's Day. I mean that's unbelievable uh, to lose that one. Really would have hurt, so I think a lot of Big Ten fans were at least hoping, uh, not all of them, probably some were rooting against Ohio State, but I think a lot of them rooting for the Buckeyes to uh, at least hold up the conference regime a little bit. So Ohio State, I was watching early, I and mean, they're, they're just destroying Arkansas, having their way with them. So the Razorbacks start coming back in the second half. They get within five. Ohio State now, what, about a minute and a half left, two minutes? About a minute left, actually. Goes back to punt the football. What? Was it a breakdown? Great defensive play? How did the punt get blocked? Uh, the guy actually, they, I don't know why, but college teams like to, like, put four, four offensive linemen and then, like, three guys, like, about 
two yards from the punter. Yeah. And, you know, it's easy for the defense to come through. And one of the guys decided instead of going through the guy to go over the guy, jumped over one of the guys, and while he was doing that, blocked the punt. Wow. In my opinion, was the punter took way too long to punt the ball because, you know, you could tell they were going for the block, and mm-hmm. all you got to do is punt the football, and, you know, good things will happen. That's wow. what I say. So Arkansas is coming back, couple touchdowns in the second half, blocked punt with a minute and a half at that point. When they recover the punt, the Arkansas team must have been going nuts. The fans going crazy. Oh, yeah, it was hysteria, in, in my opinion. Uh, I didn't, I could not, well, I was watching it on TV, but I, you could kind of feel like you were there. I mean, it yeah. was so loud there. And All right, so now, now they take over a minute and a half left. Ryan Mallett, outstanding quarterback for Arkansas. You got the team beat. You got them down. The momentum, Ohio State probably body language-wise, like, oh, my goodness, can we hold on here, playing not to lose. To me, if you're the coach, the number one thing you tell your quarterback, no intercept, no Absolutely. mistakes, no mistakes. You got the ball at the 18 yard line. You got plenty of time. Yeah, right. Don't throw the interception. I did see the replay. He underthrew the football. Yeah, and that was oh. probably his first bad pass of the game. What? Not good timing. Yeah, not good timing at all. Was that a first down play? It was first or second down. Yeah. Um, but so you got you got four downs to get in. The defense is is on their heels. You got all the moment. Everything's going your way. Just don't make the big mistake. Right. Wow. Yeah. He did, and un- yeah. he played a great game, though. Um, stats don't show it, but he played a great game. Yeah, Ryan Mallett, pretty good quarterback. He was University of Michigan quarterback, I think, right? Yeah, and I then, saw him play his freshman year. He was not good his freshman year. Mm-hmm. But he had some controversies, didn't like the way things were going, transferred, and uh, had a heck of a career at Arkansas. He's similar to the strapping young blonde Blaine Gabert, uh, probably will be an NFL pick next year as well. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. So Arkansas losing to Ohio State 31-26, Big Ten. Finishes three and five in the bowl games. Again, you want to talk some football with us? College of the NFL variety right here for you. Jack Washer and the coach with you up until 11 o'clock, 888-463-6748. Jack, I know you're excited about the GoDaddy.com Bowl today with Miami <laughs> of Ohio. Taking a, who is it, Middle Tennessee? Yeah. Oh, oh Lord. wow. I can't believe how many bowls there are now. I mean, it just <laughs> seems like they're finding more and more ways to just Use ESPN, you know, just waste mm-hmm. three hours to put on a mediocre, mediocre bowl game that nobody wants to watch. Are you a playoff guy? I have mixed thoughts on the whole making fun of Miami of Ohio, Middle Tennessee thing. I want to get to that in a second. But as a young kid, the, the, the guys your age, are you pretty much pro playoff or do you like the bowl system? I was anti playoff until New Year's Day, um, when TCU beat Wisconsin because I actually saw a Non mid or non automatic qualifying uh, team, uh, TCU from the Mountain West beat Wisconsin from the Big Ten, and they they outplayed Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin did not deserve to win that game. TCU did, and you know they're thirteen and zero. They're right now number three team in the country. I would put them up against Oregon or Auburn because I've seen weaknesses in both of them. And I would put Stanford up there too. I mean, Stanford blew out. Uh, Virginia Tech by a good four touchdowns, and they're the number four team. And their only loss was to uh, Oregon at, on the road. So, you know, you, I feel, yeah, a playoff system, I mean, I, mean, I don't think they'll ever do it because I feel the NCAA is a little too stubborn to do it. But, you know, once they do it, they'll realize, hey, this is a good idea. This is the most fair way to do it. 
And, you know, maybe the teams that were number one and two don't like it, but, you know, hey, you got to give the underdogs a chance, you know. A TCU, a Boise State, if they go 13-0, and why not give them a shot? You know, you know that, that's what, you know, all the yahoos like you and me, the guys have, you know, rarely, if never, have played the game. We, you know, like to yap about it, all the hackers out there. But I wonder the people that are involved, Texas Christian team, do you think there's that much disappointment? Do they, do they need to have that playoff and that we are number one? Or do you think the fact that they've won all their games and they beat Wisconsin or even a Stanford team that lost a game? You know, if they win a huge Orange Bowl matchup, they win over Virginia Tech, they celebrate. Are they sitting around the next day? Oh, we didn't get a chance to play for number one. Or Sometimes I think that that's overrated. And just celebrate the season, celebrate the bowl game, a matchup against another great team. You win, you're excited, you finished your season with a great – is it just us talking, or do you think the players feel that way? Well, I mean, at least for TCU, I know you go 13-0 and and you're – the number three team in the country. I feel like you got to be a little disappointed. Be like, we've done all we can do, and yet no national championship. You know, you feel like, you know, just because of the level co- level of competition that we play in our conference, we're not getting a shot at the national championship. And you know, I mean, partially that's their fault. Partially that's the teams they play. Um, but you know, someone like Stanford, yeah, I would agree. You know, they're celebrating their year because you know they're a one loss team, and like, yeah, we're the number four team in the country right now. I think we can be happy with that, you know. I think four years ago they were 1-11 and bottom of college football, and now they're the number four team in the country. I feel they can't really be uh, disappointed with how their season turned out. Yeah, they were amazing in the second half against Virginia Tech. I'm not an advocate of the playoff system. I, I think the Bulls are great. I think it sounds weird to say, but I think, you know, deciding on who is the ultimate number one team sometimes can be overrated. Not saying it's not important, but I think we can put too much emphasis on who is the number one team and forgetting about all the other great teams out there. Again, I know when you're in sports to say that being number one is overrated, but it's a weird thing to say, but but in a sense, I think it is. But I'm going to argue against my own point for a second. I heard this brought up on uh, some other sports talk. And, David, you'll be interested in this. And they had mentioned how, you know, in the NFL, professional players can have an off game can have a couple of off games. You know, Peyton Manning can throw, what, uh, eight interceptions over a three-game span. They can lose some games, but they're in the playoffs with a chance to win the championship. NBA teams could lose, you know, 10, 15, 20 games. You can have an off day. Is it fair, and again, I'm arguing against my own point here, but is it fair to college kids? Young kids, you have one or two off games. And maybe you are the best team. You just have an off game or two, and you got zero chance of being the number one team i thought it was an interesting aspect yeah um well i think it varies you know because you know i've seen two team two lost teams go to the national championship and win the national championship they do i mean i think it was i think it was uh i'm trying to think of who it was i think it might have been florida might have been lsu but i remember they they lost a cup game maybe two during the year and then uh you know, everyone started to lose, and then all of a sudden they just jumped to number two or number one, and they're in a national championship. And, you know, it, in college football, I feel it's not who you lose to, but it's when you lose. If you lose at the beginning, you have a better shot at jumping right back into the national championship picture. If you lose you know, mid-October, early November, it's a little tougher to climb back. And I feel it's not who you lose to, but when you lose. 
All right, folks. Uh, in the house today, Jack Watch, University of Missouri, uh, displaying his, proudly, by the way, his Jeremy Macklin, number nine jersey. We'll talk uh, academia, all things collegiate, and maybe if we could, Jack, sneak into a little college basketball. You up for that? Mm-hmm. Had some big games last night, some games coming up, too. we got NFL playoff picture. Uh, it's Wednesday. We don't want to get too excited just yet. It's creeping up, David. This Friday, we'll have our... Football Friday. We're running out of times for our popular football game, Beat the Schmoes, by the way. We're down to the, what, the final couple of weeks. Final couple of weeks. I bought, while I was gone, by the way, I think I, I either won 3-0 and or 2-1. and There's a little dispute, but I kept my winning record going, damn it. I'm on a roll. So we'll talk about that and more with uh, the young kid for the University of Missouri. Quick break. 888-463-6748. Jack, my Confucius thought for the day. Do you know what a, they call a chicken crossing the road? No. Poultry in motion. <laughs> Thank you very much. Back in a minute. Talkzone.com. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone welcome back talkzone.com two guys and a mic phone lines open if you want to squeeze in i think we got nine lines open if you want to try to squeeze in 888-463-6748 producer extraordinaire david olson on the other side of the window pain Sometimes, Jack, we call him the pain on the other side of the window. <laughs> Jack Washer in the house, filling in. You're going back to school this weekend, right? Yeah. It's outstanding. Like a three-week... David, you remember the days like in college you had like a three-week break? Every... Some schools like four weeks. Yeah. It's not bad. No, not at all. Not bad. You lost your suntan already from your Bahamas yes. vacation. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Where were you vacationing? In Naperville? Yeah. Yeah. We have a rule with my high school girls basketball team of tradition. We start, I think I'm in my seventh year. So we started the first year and whoever we run, uh, you know, little conditioning drills, of course, mm-hmm. when the kids come back, whoever comes back with the best suntan has to do two extra suicides. <laughs> so if they're going to go on vacation, we make them pay. All right. So the point now, our kids are telling their, you know, parents, no, no, we don't want to go on vacation. I might have to run two extra suicides. <laughs> Not really, but it sounds good for radio. 888-463-6748. The phone number, we said we'd talk a little college basketball. you got to uh, talk about your Missouri Tigers. They knocked off my Illinois team, number eight in the country. What, what they lost? One game? One game to Georgetown, and I don't think they should have lost. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Pretty impressive. All right. Uh, you know, I'm looking to buy a stock at a college basketball team. I have not seen Mizzou play. I was out on my vacation suspension. When the border war game against Illinois, but uh, sell me some stock. Make, give me your best sales pitch in the Missouri Tiger hoops team. 
Uh, they're a really, really solid defensive team. Um, very tough to score on this team. They pressure the ball. They go full court all game. I think their coach, train or well, they always practice to do that. And you know, they make a basket. They're right up on you. And you know, I believe that's why they beat Illinois. They pressured Illinois, and even when the, you know, even when you do break that press, they're still always up in your face. And uh, offensively, you know, they're. They're a streaky team when it comes, you know, they can go on a 12-0 run and then they can miss about 12 shots in a row. But, you know, they're the number eight team in the country right now and the one loss they had, they were up by like three with 10 seconds to go. And Georgetown missed a shot, ball's going out of bounds, and they go, Missouri goes to save it for some reason, throws it, guy saves it under his own basket, Georgetown gets it back. Kicks it out to a guy with who makes a three at the buzzer. Wow. Game goes overtime. They lose by wow. three or four. So they are one shot away from being undefeated, maybe top five in the country. Yeah. and It's pretty good. Yeah. But, you know, uh, conference season starts in about a week. Mm-hmm. So uh, that should be uh, fun. You know, they a couple good teams coming in. I think Kansas State, Kansas, Nebraska. Texas. Nebraska. Well, I don't. I don't know about Nebraska. <laughs> Not sure, but I think David Olson, our producer, uh, doing a little extra work. I believe that he has carted up some of the highlights of Nebraska basketball. This is the final year, right, of Big Twelve for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I believe David has carted up here some of the uh, highlights of Nebraska basketball for the decade, 2000 to 2010, and here it is. And that was it. <laughs> that was not a technical difficulty. That literally was the CD. <laughs> uh, you mentioned the full court press. Is it Mike Anderson, their coach still, right? Mm-hmm. He's a disciple of Nolan Richardson back in the days. I believe they called that press 40 minutes of L. Yeah. Have you heard that expression? Yeah, they call Mizzou, the, Mizzou basketball the fastest 40 minutes yeah. uh, in college basketball. Basically, from start of the game to end of the game, they will press you full court and try to wear you down as much physically or I should say as much mentally as physically. Yeah. Yeah, because that's tough. Mm-hmm. It that's is, tough. and I feel teams struggle with that because Mizzou, very well-conditioned team, mm-hmm. as, and you can see it at the end of the game when they're beating teams up and down the court. All right, let's test the uh, Jack Washer coaching ability here. If you're coaching against a team that's going to press consistently, what do you need to do to win? Get the ball in quickly. and uh, th- Get the ball in get, inbounds? Get, get the ball inbounds quickly and get someone in the middle of the court and attack because normally I felt the one hole in the that pressing is they like to double team whoever gets the ball and you get rid of that, you get the ball in the middle of the court, you got a um on man advantage on your side. So I feel get the ball in the middle of the court and attack the middle and and you know I went to one game they put against Vanderbilt. They did a great job of that and it took like a last second shot by Mizzou to beat them. But yeah, I feel you know, you get the ball in the middle and you attack and Mizzou tends to back off if you do that, but a lot of teams don't do that, and well, they well they try to do that, but you know Mizzou is just swarming defense. I give you an A in coaching 001 because that's exactly right. You got a team that's going to press. You not only got to beat the press, yeah, but you got to make them pay. Yeah, you got to make them pay. Once you get it up, and then you get a turnover here or there, you know, and don't fold. Mm-hmm. You got to stay strong on psychological pressure. You're going to have, a, you know, they're going to get some runs on you. But when you beat the press, you got to look to score, make them pay. Oh yeah. And if you do that enough, it takes the heart and soul out of the uh, the, the pressure. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. All right. Very nicely done. Obviously, not that many teams have been able to do that. Uh, some good college hoops came yesterday. I don't know if you watched Notre Dame against Connecticut. I happened to watch that ball game. The Fighting Irish had a big, big 12 victory. They knock off Connecticut. I think what was the uh, final score? 70, 73 70. But Notre Dame looked pretty good last night. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched much of Notre Dame, but even they already, they already retired Luke or, yeah, Luke Hansborough or Heron Gody. Luke Herringody, why did I say hands bro? But um uh Luke Herringody's number and even he averaged I think like twenty five and twelve last season and they're a top ten team and they've already knocked off a couple top ten teams uh in Big East play, so I see a lot of upside for the Irish. Yeah, big win for them, seventy three seventy. I've been reading about Kimball Walker, the uh Leading scorer in the nation, I believe, for the University of Connecticut. And I, I heard about him last year a little bit when reading, you know, this is my first chance to watch Connecticut play. But, you know, he's Kimball Walker, 25 points. Connecticut wins. Kimball Walker, 33 points. Finally got to watch him play, Jack, and he had a off game. An off game, and he still wowed me. <laughs> I mean, this kid is, I don't know if you remember Ben Gordon when he was in college. Yeah. Even the Ben Gordon we saw at the Chicago Bull, Kimball Walker is the reincarnation of Ben Gordon. He is unbelievable. Athleticism. You seen the kid play? Yeah. He, um, beginning of the year, I think, I uh, saw him play a couple games, and I feel UConn kind of rides off him, and, you know, when it comes down to crunch time, you want the ball in his hands no matter what and get out of his way because he's going to make the defense pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not afraid to shoot the ball. No. That's for sure. They had a, a freshman take the last shot, not throw the ball to Kimball Walker, but this kid is, uh, he is excited. He's going to be a top 10 NBA pick. He, he almost has an NBA game right now. And by the way, you said Hansborough. It wasn't a mistake because they have a Hansborough yeah, in Notre Dame. Ben Hansborough, he's yeah. He's good. He is good. He's very good. Um, about five inches shorter than his brother. He's about, about 6'2", maybe? Yeah. And not as physical as his brother, but still can shoot it. Nobody's as physical as his brother. No. But, but, uh, he's a tough kid. Yeah. Tough kid, he can shoot it, can take it in the paint. The Notre Dame team, very, very impressive. My first look at them, first look at uh, Connecticut as well. Uh, any college basketball fans out there, you want to check in, 888-463-6748. We had a little Big Ten action yesterday, Ohio State, I think, beat Iowa. Yeah. you um, seen Jared Sullinger play yet? Because I have not. No, I have not. I kind of want to because I feel there's a lot of hype about him, and I feel his stats are proving it. He seems to be... The best player on the number two team in the country, which yeah. is, says a lot. Pretty good considering a year ago he was playing high school basketball. Yeah. And, you know, kind of compare him to almost a Derrick Rose. Kind of, you know. But, but different position, right? He's, different, big, he's like six, seven. Yeah, but he, he, I think he plays, I think, I think he plays guard. He does. Yeah. So, so. All right, see, I have not, not, not seen him play it. Yeah. So. Probably right now the top freshman in the country at 24 and 12 last night as they knocked off Iowa. The only time I saw him was last year. I watched Ohio State play, and they showed him sitting behind the bench <laughs> as an already signed recruit, and they showed him stand up there in a couple of timeouts, and you could just tell. Looking at the guy, total stud. Yeah. Total stud. So they won. Indiana lost to Minnesota, 67-63. So uh, Minnesota moves on. Indiana 0-3 in the Big Ten. By the way, tomorrow, Illinois takes on Northwestern. I know you're a Missouri guy now, but hopefully you still have a little bit of love for Northwestern. Yeah, I went to the game on Monday. It was a... Great game. Yeah, I was yeah. there too. Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah. Um, no, but, uh, Northwestern, uh, no, I haven't really been following. Uh, my brother likes to keep me updated 
uh, every couple weeks and keeps telling me how good John Sherna is. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't impressed on Monday, but from what I've been reading, he's been recovering from a ankle sprain. And he may say he's 100%, but until he proves it, I don't think he... Yeah, I don't no, think he's no, there yet. If, if you just watched that one game, Monday's game, you would think, why is this guy even playing Division One basketball? Yeah. But he has been uh, spectacular at times, actually, for for Northwestern this year. I don't know if it's the injury or uh, part of it, I think, is when he comes up against athletic teams. Yeah. He has a little bit harder time getting open. It's probably a combination of those two, but he's been outstanding. That'll be a good matchup. Northwestern at Illinois. I don't know if the U of I students are back yet. I think they get back next week. Okay, so the Orange, I know we watched, uh, who did Illinois beat? Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And the place was full, but it's not the same when the when the uh, the Champagne Crazies are not there. Right. Yeah, what are they called? I'm the missing. Orange Crush? Yeah, the Orange Crush fans. I mean, they were there, the fans were decked out in orange, but the college kids are the ones who make right. it a little crazier atmosphere. Yeah. So we'll see if Northwestern can survive that. That should be good college basketball, kind of thing. Meat and potatoes part of the season right now. The conference game is beginning. Always a lot of fun to watch. Again, you want to talk some uh, college hoops with us, 888-463-6748. You can email in at Mike2GuysAOL.com, M-I-C and the number 2, Mike2GuysAOL.com. Do you get season tickets for Missouri or how, how does yeah. it work for college? Yeah, you, um, well, you apply for football and basketball, and then football you get all of them, and then basketball they give like four separate pickup dates. And on those pickup dates, you go in and you get these games and then these games and then maybe only this game, but it's like a really good game. Um, and then I think there's one more. It's like for the Kansas game, which is always a very popular game. So, but so far I've gotten all the tickets. So, so you've been able to go to all the games. Yeah. Is, is there like a seniority system? No, it's first okay. come first serve. We got wait in line. Yeah. Oof. You didn't miss classes to wait in line, did you? Maybe your parents are listening. Don't answer that. No, I uh, I had I had people miss class for me. <laughs> so people a little uh, I'm assuming a little part time job that they do. Yes. Interesting. What a scam. <laughs> what a scam. So they take a little money from different people. They wait in line, but isn't there a limit on how much? You can only you can only get one person to get your tickets, but it's a okay. good good friend. So okay. Yeah. Quote unquote. Good friend. Okay, that's as far as we'll get into that. Uh, again, 888-463-6748, the phone number. Started off uh, early in the show, Jack, talking about you. have had so much college football and NFL talk. The NBA has been kind of left behind the last two or three weeks, but there's a team called the Chicago Bulls playing pretty good basketball. 14 of their last 16. I know you're big Bulls fans. Uh, are, are you able to follow them? While you're immersed in your studies at Missouri, yes, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, Derrick Rose continues to amaze me and feel amazed everybody in the NBA as he's already been talked. He's already being talked about as a possible MVP candidate. Shocking when you uh, when you're bringing him up with names like LeBron, Kobe, Durant, Nowitzki. Uh, Never heard of those guys. <laughs> But when you're when you're comparing him to those guys, you know he's doing something mm-hmm. special. And um, having an addition like uh, Carlos Boozer is only helping him. And they're doing all, they're doing all this run without their uh, top rebounder Joe Kim Noah. And he, I think he said he'll be back in a couple weeks, maybe two three weeks. And at the earliest, yeah, could be long, could be longer. But once he gets back, the sky's the limit for that team. And you know, I feel. 
he plays, get some chemistry, that team could be very unstoppable come playoff time. Again, this is all based on what Jack has heard about because you haven't been able to watch the team because you've been immersed in your uh, academic studies of Missouri. of course. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, Do you think – we mentioned the Miami Heat rolling now, winning 19 out of 20. I'm not even going to compare the Bulls to the Miami Heat, but uh, could they by the end of the year challenge a a maybe aging Boston Celtic team in the playoffs? I would, yeah, I would, I could see them challenging the Celtics, even challenging the Heat. Uh, wow. Oh! <laughs> hey! Um, you know, cause, yeah, yeah, the Heat, you know, they have LeBron, they have D Wade. Bosch is kind of under the radar right now, you kind of don't really hear about him. You know, he hasn't been dominating. And, you know, I feel the Bulls like to dominate in the paint, and, with the exception of Derrick Rose outside. So, you know, you do you let Derrick Rose cancel out LeBron and you know, you go the two headed monster of Boozer and Noah inside, you know, hey, I feel you can beat the Heat with that. Mm-hmm. Um so you know they haven't played this year, so I can't really speak for that, but music to the ears, the Chicago mm-hmm. Bulls fans, they could they could if they keep improving, stay healthy. Young Jack Washer, academic journalistic student at University of Missouri saying the Chicago Bulls maybe just maybe could challenge the powerful right now anyways, the powerful Miami Heat. You just made a lot of Bulls fans very happy. <laughs> you also made a lot of listeners wondering if you need to be drug tested after your first <laughs> semester at the University of Missouri. Uh, I, I could picture it down the road. Finals of the uh, NBA uh, Eastern Conference playoffs. Winners take on the Portland Trailblazers in the championship. <laughs> Driving into the lane. Here comes LeBron James driving into the lane. LeBron up. Blocked. Blocked by Omar Asik. Omar Asik with his eighth block of the game rejects LeBron James. D-Wade Wade one-on-one. Takes the ball to the hoop. Brian Scalabrini with the steal. <laughs> Opposite end. Scalabrini slams it home. Bulls win. Bulls win. Brian Scalabrini, by the way, turning into a the fan favorite for the Bulls. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't play, but he certainly loves being on the bench. And can't blame that. Can't. My uh, older son was invited to the game yesterday. He's a total non-basketball fan. He wouldn't know Brian Scalabrini from uh, from who's the chef on uh, from uh, Emo. What's his name? The she- the famous chef. Emil. Emerald Lagasse. Yeah, he wouldn't know Brian Scalabrini from Emerald Lagasse. And I swear to you, he comes home ten thirty last night. Scalabrini was awesome. The fans were cheering. He's pumping his fist like yeah. He got in with, what, about 2 minutes, 23 seconds left. I guess he lost, hit, missed a couple of shots. Yeah. But then he made a basket, and the crowd goes absolutely crazy. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, we've talked about this before. It's like he, he's the Judd Bushler of the new millennium. Yeah. Because it was, it was the same thing back in the heyday. Yeah. When Judd Bushler had come in, the crowd would go <laughs> nuts. Back in the Michael Jordan back days. Back in the Michael Jordan days, yeah. yeah. Scalabrini can play, though. I mean, early in the season, I forget who was injured. But he actually got some some minutes. He's not bad. Yeah, he's not, he's not a bad player, but you know he's just not the guy you want out there with, you know, in the final two minutes. You don't want his, you don't want him to get the ball. You didn't hear my play call with Dwayne Wade taking a one on one down the stretch. Don't, Scalabrini might be the guy before it's over. But uh, no, the Bulls have been very very impressive. Any other? I know you're a big NBA fan. Uh, while again, while you've been immersed in your uh, academic classes, any other NBA thoughts you've had over the first uh, third of the season? Uh, I've seen the. Well, I've seen just a, a superstar team. They haven't really shown it, but the Orlando Magic, uh, 
made a big trade. They got Gilbert Arenas, Hedu Turkaloo, and Jason Richardson. Basically retooled their whole team. Yeah, and you, you put, pair that along with Jameer Nelson and Dwight Howard, and wow, you got five really good players or five players that have proven themselves at one point in time in their careers. Um, and I feel that can only help them down the stretch. And then you have like a sharpshooter like J.J. Redick, who has really improved since he's come into the NBA, and I feel he's doing the most with his career right now. And, you know, bless him because, you know, everyone said that he his type of player, that three-point shooter, couldn't exist in the NBA. And... You know, he's just he's proven that he can do it and can do it in many other ways. He's a uh, becoming into a good great ball handler, a great just off the ball, off the well, off the bounce shooter, along with just his uh, normal spot up shooting. But uh yeah, Orlando Magic, watch out. Yeah, and it's interesting what they did with the team too cuz they had a very good team. Yeah. But I thought I don't know who made the call, the general manager, the owner, I don't know how it came about, but they took a chance. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, we all—they were guaranteed they're going to win 50, 55, 60 games and compete. They had a chance, but they felt like they needed to take that next step. Yeah. And they got rid of who? Vince Carter, a couple other players that basically mm-hmm. retooled half their team. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel they knew they were going to get into the playoffs. You know, be that solid team, but yep. they want to go. They want to keep going. They want an NBA championship, and they want to beat the Heat. They want to beat the Celtics, and I feel. Those three players can help them, especially, you know, because Turkoglu, he, he played really well his first run in Orlando, and he's picking up just where he left off. And mm-hmm. I feel the fans love him, and he loves playing in Orlando, so. Yeah. yeah they basically trade him away for, what, a little over a year? Yeah. And they realize, hey, you know, you made a mistake. Let's try to get him back. Yeah. He knew Turkoglu back in the Orlando Magic and all is well in the world. Yeah. Yeah. He do someone should make a song out of He Do Turkaloo. <laughs> maybe they maybe they have already. Uh, so, all right, so the Eastern Conference all of a sudden, Jack, could be uh, interesting. Again, we're looking ahead down the road. Haven't talked a lot of NBA basketball of late, but uh, sneak it in here real quick. But you could have Orlando, Boston, the Bulls, and Miami Heat Final Four. If it came down to that, that's that's pretty good stuff. Oh yeah, it would be a very interesting playoffs, and I would I would be very intrigued and. Every game that was played between those four teams. So. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the other side of the coin, you know, the Lakers have all the flash and dash, and the Phoenix Suns are scoring, you know, 165 points a game. But the most underrated in the Big Dog, we've talked about this before with uh, uh, Joel Radwanski, the Big Dog, my normal co-host here, most underrated team, and I think all of professional sports, the most underrated coach in all of pro sports is Popo, Greg Popovich, the San Antonio Spurs, quietly. Shh, don't tell anyone. Just destroying the NBA. What do we got? Twenty-eight and four record. I think they lost last night. So. Twenty-nine and five. Yeah. And again, no, nobody talks about them. No. And, and it's, it's the same guys, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's Mono Ginobili. Yep. It's Tony Parker. Yep. Apparently, the breakup with uh, Eva Longoria. Eva Longoria did not hurt his performance, and, and Tim Duncan is like the Energizer Bunny. He just keeps on ticking with. Double doubles and great yeah. performances and twenty nine in five. So uh, I, I, I'll be the first to admit I haven't watched too much San Antonio Spur basketball. Well, I mean, from the highlight I saw last night, I know this doesn't reflect the season, but I don't think Papo was too happy with his team. Papo. Yeah, because they were down with. I think they let up 
72 points in the first half <laughs> yesterday. And with about three minutes left, they were down by nine. And, you know, normally that's not when you throw in the towel, but he pulled all of his starters. And I think that, feel that's, he, he's sending a message to his team. Hey, we're not the best team out there. We're only, I mean, the season's only a third of the way through. You still got to prove it. So I feel like he kind of sent a message to his team and mm-hmm. a little bit to the NBA too. Like we're not, we're not satisfied of where we are right now. We still have a lot to Which do. Is pretty scary thought if you're 29 and five. Wilson Chandler, by the way, who had a kind of a nondescript career with the DePaul Blue Demons. He was a, a big name coming in. He never really achieved much heights with DePaul. And he's become, I don't know if he's an NBA star, but a darn good NBA player. He gets 31 points in the Knicks' victory over the Spurs last night. I think they shot 55% from the field. So shooting is one way to upset a uh, a weak team or uh, a better team. One way to pull off the upset. That's what Notre Dame did to Connecticut yesterday as well. A uh, couple of minutes left in the show, uh, Jack. Any news and notes? I know you did tremendous preparation for today's show. Any items we did not get to uh, before we close out today's particular program? Um, let's see. One, uh, the reemer. Well, I think yesterday they announced that uh, the first five or six All Stars for the NHL were announced. Yes. And I thought the funny thing about that was. Two of them were from the Blackhawks, yep. Jonathan Taze, Duncan Keith, and the other four were from the Pittsburgh Penguins. And when you say announced, it was it was fan voting. Fan voting, yeah. Um, and I feel it's funny that the six All-Stars were from two teams, only two teams. And I feel, and they're doing kind of a new thing. They're like, they're going to have the fans vote in all the All-Stars. Then uh, I think people will pick captains, or not people, but NHL you know, GMs will pick captains for the teams, and then the, those captains will just kind of handpick their team, Oof. and it's kind of like see that's kind of like third grade all over again. Kinda that's like, a little tough, only because you're asking players yeah to choose other players, and now you're going to create some little controversies, which can come back right. You know, maybe an extra check on the boards next time you play a particular team yeah. for not picking. <laughs> yeah, four Penguins chosen. Yeah, for you know, and when you when you when you open it up to fan balloting, you know, there's pluses and minuses. Clearly, one of the minuses is you get the fan favorites and not always the ones that are the best players. In fact, for the Blackhawks, Jonathan Taves maybe right, maybe an All Star. Duncan Keith. Well, last year he was tremendous. This year, and I haven't watched a lot of Blackhawk hockey, but the little bit I've seen, and certainly uh, from what I've read, he's having an off season. Yeah, but you know, hey, I feel a lot of. Fans go. They they try to base it off last year, okay. they, you know, because um, you know Duncan Keith was the best defenseman in hockey last year, and yep. you know I think fans still think yet, unless the Blackhawks are doing awful, you know he and Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane, they're still carrying the team and they're still doing really well. So, you know, for the fans that do vote, you know they may be paying attention to hockey, but you know they're like, oh, we won the Stanley Cup last year. Mm-hmm. We had the best defenseman. Let's vote him in. All right. One other uh, item, a quick note here. we got about a minute and a half left. David also, we do have the Baseball Hall of Fame voting today. Nominate. Well, the voting has been done. They count up the ballots. Apparently the one guy, and Jack, some of this is before your time, but uh, apparently the one guy they say is an automatic to get is Robbie Alomar. Yeah. Who, I guess he won seven or eight gold gloves. 
I always judge the Hall of Fame by what I call the smell test. It's you know you know them when you see them. When I watched them play, were they dominant players? And I, I never thought Robbie Alomar was a dominant player. Well, he was kind of a you know the, you're under the radar um, second baseman. You know. Well, but if you're under the radar, you shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, like he always played alongside Omar Vizquel in his glory days, and uh, you know they always were known for turning double plays, and he was kind of the, always the guy who hit 300 and got on base and, you know, helped his team, you know, win. You know, mm-hmm. he has a couple of World Series rings, and I felt he was always that guy who, I don't know, he's your, like, your Kenny Lofton or your your Ryan Terrio who always gets on base, mm-hmm. and you can always count on him. So. I got news for you. Kenny Lofton and Ryan Terrio aren't going in the baseball hall of fame. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I just think you got to be a dominating player. People talking about Lee Smith. Maybe getting in, and at times Lee Smith was dominant, you know, records for most saves and unbelievable amount of saves. Well, what people forget, he may have had a record for most saves. Lee Smith, especially when he was with the Cubs, he had a record sometimes for most blown games, too. So, I, I, you know, Lee Smith, as impressive as the record and the positives might be, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer either. Other guys mentioned, well, we got Jack Morris, Detroit Tigers was a possible candidate, um, Larry Walker. Now, there's a guy who hit 300 for, like, it seemed like about 38 years in a row. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. But you're picking Alomar to make the Hall of Fame. I'm, well, from what people have been saying and from what i followed, I feel, yeah, he'll get in. All right, beautiful. Jack, great to see you. Thank you so much for coming in. And uh, is there a website or what that Missouri station, if people want to hear you, how can they? K-O-M-U and... Uh... KOMU8 uh, in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, I believe there's a website, KOMU8.com. KOMU? Yeah. Kamu? Kamu. Kamu. Yeah. Good. Just like Shamu. Yeah. (laughs) Be good. Thanks for coming in, Jay. TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day.